Welcome to Real Life Mentoring, where we explore real life issues to help you make an authentic difference in the world. Hi, everyone. This is Chris with Real Life Mentoring. And on this episode, I'm going to be talking with a friend of mine, Michael Garrick. Michael and his family have lived and worked in, in Portugal for several years. And um, one thing I, I appreciate about Michael, he is a man of faith, and I would say authentic faith. But he's also, uh, over the years, has chosen to really look at his physical health with fitness and nutrition. And so that's one of the things we're going to talk about today, because as, as mentors, as we've talked about in, in previous episodes of our podcast, that we're holistic, that uh, we are spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, relational, and vocational. And all of these areas of our lives, they intertwine, they impact one another. So, Michael, thanks for joining us. And tell us a little about yourself. Sure. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. So Michael Garrick, married, have four kids. One is back in the States studying at OU. The other three are still here with us in, in Coimbra, Portugal, where we've been since 2009. So almost 15 years. And it's it's home for us now. About to about to send our our oldest daughter, our second child, back to back to the States for college as well. So our family's kind of in a bit of transition, constant transition, which is which is good. Not easy, but it's good. And we've been with Fahrenheit since, man, how long has it been? 2016, 2017? Uh, I think 16. So yeah, let me clarify. Fahrenheit Roloff Mentoring is is the nonprofit that this podcast started from. And we've known we've known Chris and Christina since 2009. And going through some some training with them. So yeah, we've been in, been in Portugal for a while. What we do here has changed a little bit over the years, but in the last year and a half, my wife, Christy and I have renovated an, an, an old storefront into a cafe community space. Uh, during the week, it's a, it's a cafe. Then on the weekends, we rent it out for, for events and, and parties and dinners and stuff. And the whole goal is to, to encourage people to to share life together, to, to build community, uh, which is definitely in line with Fahrenheit uh, Mentoring's ministry of people living life together. And right now we're, we're actually getting ready for uh, our first neighborhood dinner um, in our space. We'll have about 50 people from our just our neighborhood come and everybody brings a dish and hang out and have dinner together. We have no idea who's going to show up. But <laughs> It could be interesting. I love that idea. Do you th- would you say that's more European to do that? Because you and I are both from the States, obviously, but we both, I lived in Europe for several years. What do you think? Is that more European? I, d- I don't know. I think people responded well to the, to the invitation. Okay. But I, I've also not seen anybody do that or offer it. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's... Um, if it's more American or European, or if it's just, um, I think um, the more we build, I know the more we build activities and events around um, the way God has wired people. I feel like God's wired people for community and for relationships. I agree. The more, the more we um, build events around those common needs, the more response we get. So I think it's, um, I think it's just something that, Anybody can agree this is something that's good, something that's needed. 
Um, and so the response is usually, usually pretty good. No, I agree. Um, when we lived in Austria from those years, when we would host people, gather people together, what we discovered as Americans, we went in with a mindset because it's what we knew with our own culture. It was maybe a, a two hour time slot and then it's over with. It wasn't that way. People would come and they wanted to connect. They wanted to stay and maybe for hours. Mm-hmm. Is it similar in Portugal? Yeah, we're not. We're going to start dinner at eight o'clock tonight. And I would expect we have people here until midnight. Okay, wow. No, that, that makes sense. No, and I actually yeah. learned to love that. Yeah, it's good. It's good once you can kind of switch off your expectation of time, your limits of time, and you can enjoy just being with people. It, it makes yeah. it a lot more enjoyable. Okay, your, your, your cafe is called The Living Room. Mm-hmm. And just as you described, I mean, I think it, the name is fitting. It's a place where people can come, relax, be themselves, and have good conversation. Um, it, how can people contact you if they wanted to? Um, well, I mean, through, I think we're on the Fahrenheit real life mentoring page. I think we oh, have contacts you're right. there, I believe. Okay. Um, but also there's our, our email is living room at gmail.com. Okay. <laughs> so if have, the, the living room has a, has a Facebook page or no, it has, it has a Facebook page and Instagram page as well. Okay. Instagram Excellent. is more, uh, active, I would say. Okay. And it's just, right. Again, the living room, Coimbra on Facebook okay. and Instagram. Just so people can put a face with, you know, at some point as, as we're talking. So, okay. So today's uh, topic is about fitness and nutrition. And if we have time, we'll take it over to how it affects us mentally and emotionally and spiritually. Right. Mm-hmm. So sure. give me, I'm going to throw a, a couple of questions out and you take this wherever you want to. So Michael, what would you say are some of the roadblocks? to overall fitness that you have personally dealt with or which you have seen others deal with? Yeah. So I think, honestly, I think the the roadblocks that we deal with physically are, I don't want to say they're exactly the same as they are spiritually, but there's a lot in common. So like one I, one I dealt with when I was probably late high school and early college, and I had a, a heart condition. So it was actually a physical roadblock limitation. Where Wait a I minute. Would, I've known you since 2009. I've never heard this that I know of. I've been I've been holding back just for this podcast. Okay. No, in high school you had a heart issue. So I, I would exercise and my heart wouldn't speed up and so I would pass out. Okay. And, and that happened it may have happened in high school. I don't remember. But I know I know it happened in college. My first week of college, I before classes started, I went for a bike ride and, and passed out in the McDonald's. And then it happened again the week before I was supposed to take wedding pictures actually with with Christy. We were set to take all your, of our, your, your fiance at the time. Exactly. All of our, okay. all of our pictures. So those had to be rescheduled because I had a, a pretty nasty, I think, gash on my forehead and black eye because I passed out in the, in the gym. So, yeah, I mean, that, that was humbling. Just whenever you, you want your body to be able to do something and it can't, it doesn't respond. It's humbling. And I've mostly grown out of that, but there's still times when I, I recognize that something's just off when I start working out or start doing something. And so I just had to learn to take it easy that day. And okay. And that's okay. I think another more common, I would say, roadblock that people deal with, especially now, is just over-information. I think if you anyone looking to eat well, increase their fitness, and get in shape, whatever it is, if you, if you try to find information online or you talk to people, there's just so much information out there that it, it's not helpful. Um, it's to the point where it's, it's almost paralyzing. And I, I think I dealt with that a little bit, just realizing that there's so much 
so much information available. How do you choose? How do you make a right choice? How do you and actually make progress or get started? And when it feels like there's a lot of competition uh, between between ideas. So um, at the beginning, how did, how did you how did you wave through that and decide what you would use to hold on to and put aside? How did you do that? So in uh, right when the pandemic started over here would have been 2000, 2020. I mean, we, everyone was home. Everyone was stuck home, uh, trapped inside. There wasn't a lot going on. Um, and so I, I took a nutrition course. I got certified as a nutrition coach um, just because I wanted to, really, I wanted to eat well for myself. I wanted to know what I could do uh, for my own for my own health. That was really empowering and really encouraging just to know, just to be encouraged that there's there's not one right diet. There's not one right way to eat. There's not, it's not black and white. There's a lot of flexibility and a lot of freedom. And, you know, there's some general rules and principles that you should follow, but, but really it's up to the individual to figure out what, what works for them. And so that was, that was encouraging to me just to, to be able to um, exercise more independence and more confidence in making, making some good choices for myself. Um, and then offering that same advice and freedom to, to other people, hopefully to and figure out what works for them and move forward and be and be healthy and not have to follow a strict strict plan that's on Instagram or somebody else doing, but that they that fits for their lifestyle. You made me think of, and there's nothing wrong with this, uh, but there was an exercise. Um, it was a CD then, <laughs> DVD rather, uh, P90, P90X. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, and, I did it. Well, okay. it it was it was good, but it was also intense. I thought at times, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, I realized pretty quickly I would have been in my forties at the time, and I thought, okay, I can do all of this, but I can see where some people would be overwhelmed by it because it was too much. Yeah, and if yeah. I measure, if I had measured my ability to to keep up with P ninety X for years, mm-hmm. I would be discouraged, probably give up. Yeah, and I think well, that's I think another roadblock is expectations and not knowing what you what you want. And I think that, I think that carries over spiritually as well. But physically, if you look at anytime you, you start a fitness plan or nutrition plan or whatever, I think you have to decide for yourself, what is it that you actually want to accomplish? Why why are you doing this? Are you just doing it to look better or because you feel like you have to fit a certain mold or is there something that specific in your life that you want to improve and so you'd ask me like to define health or fitness and i think it's physically i would say it's just whenever your body is not a limiting factor in your daily life and what you want to do and i'm sorry say that again please so whenever like for me i would define good health or good fitness as when your body and your physical abilities are not it's not a limiting factor in your life okay so and that's going to that's going to look different based on what you want to do. So if you want to run marathons, that's going to mean you're going to have to ramp up your your diet and your um, training plan and all of that to meet that goal. That's going to be more difficult. If your goal is, I just want to maintain a level of fitness so I can play with my grandkids. Both are incredibly valid. Okay. Both are, both are I think, um, good measures of fitness, but they're going to they're going to demand different levels of intensity and, you know, intentionality in your daily life. You know, if you, if you're training for a marathon, there's certain, certain times you're going to have to just go run a long distance on usually on the weekends. And that's going to, that's going to take time away from your family, time away from 
whatever else you want to do. And if you're willing to sacrifice that, then that's fine. Whereas if you if you simply want to stay healthy and be able to play with your grandkids and run, have a good level of fitness throughout your life, that's that's probably going to be a little bit easier to maintain. Okay. Uh, this mis- this may tie into the idea of a roadblock to to actual fitness, overall fitness and nutrition health. But when I compare myself to other people, other men, mm-hmm. I always fall short. But well, for the most part. Yeah. So if I look at magazines and watch commercials and TV and movies, um, I'm probably going to fall short every time. And if I focus on that, that will be a roadblock for me. And I'd want to give up. Yeah. I think, I think that's pretty common, but that's why I think you have to define for yourself. What does it mean to be healthy? And I, and I don't think that's completely subjective. I mean, I think there's some, I think there are some very, um, basic things that we can agree on. If you can't walk up a flight of stairs without falling short of breath, I, I think you're unhealthy. You know, all, all other things being considered, I think there's some some certain basic things that we should agree on. Just that this is this is good health. It's not the way you look and it's not the number on the scale and it's not those outward things. It's more about can your can your body actually do what you what you want it to do. You're you're 40 years old, is that correct? For, yeah, 43. Yeah. You're 43? 43. In my mind, you're always going to be in your 30s or maybe 40 at the oldest. Okay. So at 43, what's happened with you that you already have that mindset? Because actually, you probably should be focused on only how you look for, for many. I mean, that's that's such that's such a part of our world. So what's happened with you that you've switched your mindset that actually good good health can mean this as well instead of just the look, how big your biceps are. I don't know. I mean, I think there's, I think that's probably a really long answer. Okay. Um, like you said, I'm 43. I don't know any, there's been no men, at least on my dad's side of the family that have, I've known that have lived longer than 70. Okay. My mom's side is a little bit, has done a little bit better, but I didn't know either of my grandparents or my grandfathers growing up. Okay. Um, my dad died when I was, would have been 31, 12 okay. years ago. Yes. And so it'll be 12 years this year. So I think just the idea of health to me has, has gone past the surface. You know, like I, I just don't, I think life's too short to focus on, on things that are fleeting. There's a lot of, um, not a lot, but I mean, if you've seen, so one of the most sought after physiques is Brad Pitt and Fight Club. If you've seen the movie Fight Club, I can't recommend it, <laughs> but uh, but his well, physique in that movie is one that most is the most sought after. If you talk to personal trainers and they talk, they have men come in and say, "What do you want to look like?" That's that's what they want to look like. Okay, and that movie. Yeah. Uh, okay, he's he's around sixty now, but that movie was probably twenty five years ago or longer. About twenty five years ago, yeah. So okay. he was probably. I would guess late thirties, maybe early forties. Okay. Um, probably, probably mid thirties. Okay. Um, so, so men wanted to look like that, but what he did to get in that, to look like that, get in that shape left him so physically exhausted. He couldn't, the name of the movie is fight club and he's supposed to be this fighter. He couldn't go for more than 30 seconds without having to take a break. Seriously. Because, of, because his body was so depleted. Okay. That, that he couldn't 
actually function. So he couldn't do what he was advertising that he could do. Um, and I think that happens all the time. I think that happens physically. I think we can make ourselves look a certain way and, and then we don't actually aren't able to perform. Um, I think spiritually we do that all the time where we can project a certain image um, and look a certain way spiritually, either at church or in relationships. Um, but on the inside, our, our life and our faith is, is weak. It's worthless, you know? So, and so I think it's, I, I don't know that it's any one thing that made me realize that. I think I just probably saw my own, um, like you were saying, my own failures to live up to expectations. I just asked myself, is it really worth trying to, trying to pursue this, this goal? Or is there something that's maybe more important and more valuable to, to try for? So. Well, I'm going to, I'll share a personal example. You were back here in the States and you were, you came to see us last July or August, something like that. And I am 18 years older than you. So I'm 61 right now. And this is 2023. But anyway, um, so we spent some time together talking. We went out to eat a few times. And um, I found myself, and I believe I'm very confident in who I am as a man today, spiritually, physically. I'm thankful that I'm in good shape for the most part. Um, you know, my daughters remind me occasionally, Dad, you got a bit of a stomach on you there. You know, uh, and I'll say, yeah, you're right. I do. And then the other day, one of my daughters said, dad, wow, have you lost some weight in your stomach? And I was like, wow, maybe I have. So it's interesting how quickly I can be pulled back into, mm-hmm. I want to look good, but it's not a motivation for me. I hope I'm saying that correctly. And yet it is a motivation, uh, but I want to feel good. I want to be healthy. But when you were here, I rem- remember finding myself going, you know what? I probably should do some of the things Michael's doing. But you're also 18 years younger than me. And it wouldn't make sense for us to have the same workout program, would it? Is that fair to say? No, probably not. Okay. I mean, I think I could give you a good run for your money. I think so. (laughs) Maybe not. No, but I know you were doing the, um, what is the the fitness program you were doing a few years ago that became real popular? CrossFit, yes. I've never done CrossFit ongoing, but I've done a little bit of it. Man, mm-hmm. it was eating my lunch, as I would say. Yeah. But again, I was looking at you last year thinking, well, gosh, what's wrong with me? I should be doing some of the things Michael's doing. And then I realized, wait a minute, but he's also 18 years younger than me. I need to do what's good for my body and also yeah. safe for my body at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think any, again, any, any good coach is going to look at, because I mean, I really think all of us, I mean, we don't think of ourselves as athletes, but we can, we can adopt that approach to, to our health and our fitness. and. I think it's actually helpful to kind of give us some focus and some clarity on what we want to be able to do. And any good coach is going to look at their, their athlete or their, their client or whatever, and say, what, what is the next thing that they, that they need to improve on or grow in in order to be healthy and to live well. And that's what you focus on. You can't, you can't do, it's really hard to improve in more than one or two areas at once. Give me any, can you give an example? Yeah. So again, going back, if you're trying to to train for a marathon, and okay, your focus is going to be primarily building endurance, building cardiovascular fitness. It's going to be really hard for you to improve your bench press or your or your squats at the same time as you're doing training for a marathon. And you know it would take a lot of extra training 
extra time dedicated to, to do both of those well. Um, so, so you really need to just pick, I think it's best if you can pick one or two areas that you want to improve on or work on and do that and be focused and just, and just do that well and be content with, be content with the results. And you can do, I mean, CrossFit was, grew in popularity because it was geared towards general, general functional fitness. And so what that means is just training well so that it carries over to your everyday life. So what you're doing in the, in the gym is going to help you play with your kids and carry your groceries inside and, and yeah, you know, just, just live well on a daily basis. And that's, I think that's why it was so popular because it, it translated almost directly to everyday life and living everyday well. life. Okay. Yeah. I had a question and it just left me. I want to ask you about, maybe it'll, I'll come, it'll come back to me, but um, um, a mindset about our bodies. Maybe we've already touched on this a bit, but if I'm not careful, my tendency, my personality tends to look at the big picture. I'm a visionary. Mm-hmm. And so that would say, let's say I'm not working out. I've not been working out regularly. I've not been paying attention to my, my nutrition. And all of a sudden I realize I need to get into shape. And I would see the big picture and think I'm, I'm going to uh, drop all this junk from eating it. I'm going to go to the gym four times a week. And I'm going to do these things. And then I would get overwhelmed to get burnt out pretty mm-hmm. quickly. And I'd give up. Yeah. And I did that for years and probably it's been probably 23 years ago, something clicked for me. I thought I need to make it an actual part of my life, not something Chris just does occasionally, but make it a a part of my life. And so I made some changes. I made them slow. And I remember being frustrated initially that my fitness level didn't seem to go as quickly as I hoped. Again, who knows what I was basing it on at the time, but uh, over time, I began to see some results. I got stronger. I felt better about myself physically. And it, it, at some point, Michael, it became part of my life. Yeah. So I can I honestly a, say, I look forward to going to the gym. Yeah. I think there's a huge difference in doing something and becoming someone. So if you focus on always doing something, like you were saying, I need to do these things in order to be healthy. I need to do these things. It's always external, right? So okay. I need to go to the gym. I need to go do this. I need to go do that. And a lot of times too, it, it's combined with this all or nothing approach to where it's not enough just to go for a walk for 30 minutes, which is a great start. If anybody wants to start getting healthy, like just go for a walk. But it's, I have to, I have to go to the gym X number of times a week. I have to stop eating this food. I have to start eating all of this. I have to, you know, cut out whatever. Um, and we tried this massive life change and we get surprised when it doesn't work. It's like, of course it's not going to work Okay. Uh, because we're trying to do all these things. But if you focus on in six months, who do I want to become? You know, I want to become someone who's, who's healthier. What would future me do right now in order to help me get there? Well, maybe it would just start by going for a walk when I come up from work or whatever. De-stress walk around the block for, for 20 minutes, kind of clear my mind before I transition from, from work mode into being at home with the family. Yeah. And you can, you can invite your, your wife or your kids to go with you or walk the dog or whatever, but, but something small like that is it's already changing who you are becoming. You're becoming someone who goes for a walk because you value your health. You're becoming somebody who prioritizes your physical fitness by doing that. And then you build on that. You find 
you find one more thing that you want to do if you want to keep going and then you and you add to it and slowly and slowly you, be, you become someone who's a healthy person rather than trying to do all these things you know that we get so battled in our society and i'd say women even more so than men about our our image what we look like how we come across and um i do realize this because it used to be me years ago a sense of insecurity and intimidation, even to go to a gym and get started. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I don't want to overlook that as people listen and go, well, that's great for you guys. You, you're in a good, you call it a system, a lifestyle that you've reached that. But I think about many other things. So uh, many people are terrified to do pub uh, public speaking. And I remember early on, um, I mean, I talk for a living now. And my first speech class, I knew I was going to go into communications, but my first speech class in college, the professor said, okay, our first speech is on Tuesday. And we arrived and he says, I'm not calling names, just come up as you want to, get it over with. And I, in my mind, I told myself, I'm going to be the first one. Well, mm -hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't the second, I wasn't the third. And I'd psyched myself out, Michael, that mm -hmm. everyone in the class except Chris Ellidge had gone up and given their speech. And there was no one left but me. And it made it even worse. So yeah. I tell you, I get up there and I was, I was overwhelmed. I was something in an area I was really nervous in, insecure. God just used practice and practice again and experience mm -hmm. and more experience to give me something that I, I became confident in and actually enjoy now. Yeah. So I think about it with, with fitness and well as well. It gives me compassion for people. If you guys are there and you're going, I'm totally out of shape. I don't know how to eat well. I'm maybe it, it be embarrassed of my body. That mm -hmm. uh, that's okay. That's where you are today. Mm -hmm. And uh, someone reminded me. I was having a conversation. It was a lady. She said, "Chris, it's great that you want this person to go to the gym. You have to understand, though, they are intimidated by even going to the gym right now." Mm -hmm. And so I, I needed to hear that to give have compassion and understanding for people. So yeah. speaking to yeah. that, if you would, that mindset. Yeah, I, th I think that's I think that's legit. I think there's. I mean, it's called uh, body dysmorphia. Is just the the term used for when we aren't able to accurately look at our bodies. So when we're when we're feeling like we have to live up to an image or live up to a, a certain expectation. And I think it's it's becoming more and more common among among men as well as. Among his women, I think that's the deal with a lot of social media and influencers and, and things that we. The more we feed ourselves in information that that's the expectation, then the more we put that on ourselves. But but yeah, I mean, I think if you if you go to a gym, realize that the people there that are, I would say ninety percent of the people there are going to be encouraging, should be encouraging. And okay, they want to. They're there because they they're just trying to be healthy. At least at least a good gym. You know, that you should be able to walk in and have have the personal trainers or the whoever greets you at the door should be excited to to help whoever walks in get healthier and improve and, and grow and eager to to answer questions and support you in any way you can. If that's not the case, then that's not that's not a good gym. That's not healthy. And that goes back to health is a lot more than just how you look, but it's emotional, mental, and, and relational health. Those people may look a certain way, they may look healthy, but inside they're, they're not healthy they're not that's not who you want to be associated with i've been i've been fortunate that most of the time when i've gone in i've been able to to connect with people that are uh, encouraging and supportive but i was you know i mean i was i looked like i was 
in shape. I looked fine when I started doing CrossFit in 2000, I don't know, 13, 2014. But I was super nervous going in for the first time, you know, because it's you're making yourself vulnerable in a sense. You're you're going out there and you're saying, I'm going to try to do something. Anytime we try to do something, there's the possibility that you're going to be worse at it than somebody else. And they're going to see that or there's a possibility that you're going to fail or you're not going to know what you're doing. You just have to try, though. I think that's I think that's that's realistic and that's fair. But maybe find somebody that can go with you. Well, when I was living in Vienna, and of course I, I do mentoring, and and I was mentoring different ages of guys, but there were some young guys who wanted to go with me to the gym, and I found out, oh, where do you where do you work out? And so, can I go with you? And so they would join. And at one point, there were probably five to seven guys. Mm-hmm. I was old, old enough to be their dad, but I'd been working out, and some of them, majority of them, had not been working out, but they had young bodies, and so it was easy for them to catch up, right? If you want to call mm-hmm. it that. That's not even the right way to say it, I guess. But I remember at one point, we're in this one, uh, like a jungle gym type setup, and they said, hey, let's do pull-ups. Well, I have really long arms, and I'm tall, and mm-hmm. pull-ups have never been easy for me, mm-hmm. okay? You probably do pull-ups well. Is that true? Yeah, I'm all, I'm all right. Okay. Well, I have monkey arms. Anyway, even though I'm strong, <laughs> it's like by the time I grab a hold of the bar and get all the way up, it's a long ways. And so okay. one of the young men who I'd been mentoring, small guy, but 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 pretty much all muscle, you know, he's not knocking these out. I mean, he could do like 20 and 30 at a time. And he's okay. he's he's contorting his body in different ways at the same time. I'm like, okay, then it's my turn. Well, all of a sudden. I didn't feel so confident. It was something new. So I mm-hmm. jump, get my hands up there. And I think I did maybe three. I thought, you know what? I only did three. And then he looks at me. He meant well. He would have been 19 or 20 at the time. He said, Chris. <laughs> he said, man, that you did great. He said, if I was as big as you are and <laughs> be able to do three, that's great. <laughs> and he, he meant well. I thought, oh, wow. Thanks a lot. No, but he really yeah. meant well. And I was in pretty good shape then, but just a lot bigger guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I had to laugh at myself. But you know what? I do pull-ups now when I go to the gym. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I, I don't quite enjoy. It's still not easy for me. But mm-hmm. I, ended, I end up doing about 25 of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it takes me about five different sets to do that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes few. You know, so it, it went one piece at a time. Okay, there's a lot more we need to talk about. So... We need to do some more episodes on on this topic and take it over to the, the the spiritual side of it. But what would you say? Help someone get started, Michael. What would you say to them? Either they've never worked out before or not consistently. It hasn't been a part of their life. It's something they did occasionally. What would you get them started if you would? I think the first thing is if you're if you're thinking about or you're wanting to get improve your fitness or your health in any way. One of the helpful things you can do is ask yourself why and just keep asking yourself why until you get to the real reason. And so if you say, man, I want to get in shape. First of all, you need to find what that looks like. And well, I want to, I want to lose 10 pounds, whatever. Ask yourself why, why do you want to lose 10 pounds? Well, just, does it just look better? Well, then why do you want to look better for somebody else? And just keep asking yourself why until you get to the real reason. Then you're going to, you're going to find your motivation for whatever it is you want to do. And if it's, if it's valid enough, it's if it's real enough, then that's going to be should be 
enough to get you started. And then find the easiest thing you can do, the easiest change you can make to make a positive influence in your health. So whatever that is for you, whatever the lowest hanging fruit is, whatever the easiest thing is, just try to do that. Even if it's, you know, there's a really good book called Atomic Habits, talking about changing our habits and, and building healthy habits. And he talks about it in a lot of different areas, but he even mentions if you want to go to the gym, just start by just start by putting your shoes on, your, your tennis shoes or sneakers, whatever you call them. That's your first action. Just do that. And that may be all you do. <laughs> okay. Off. And just keep doing that. Just start getting in the habit of becoming the kind of person that you want to be. So figure out, figure out why it is you want to change and then find the easiest thing you can possibly do and, and just do that on a consistent, try to do that on a consistent basis. Um, you don't have to do it every day. You don't have to be hundred percent success. You probably have to do about 80% to start seeing some changes and then do that again. What do you start building off of that? Ask yourself again, what do I want to do now? I've, I've achieved this. What do I want to do next? Why? Why do you want to do that? What do I need to do? What's the easiest thing I can do to move towards that goal? And just keep doing it. I uh, I remember yeah going to the gym uh, for the first time when I moved to Austria. And I'd been working out at home for a while because of looking for a gym, changing cultures and feeling a bit intimidated. But I, I found even in a, a culture different than my own, there were some guys there who were willing to help me. I mm -hmm. remember I was doing this one dip exercise and this young guy walked over to me, says, Hey, can I give you some pointers? And I could have taken it one of two ways, you know, mind your own business and hold on to pride. He was obviously in really great shape. And he said, Hey, if you do this, it'll help you even more. And, you know, if I did that exercise today, I'd still do it that way. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, no, I appreciate that. Uh, take it slow one day at a time. Um, Michael, I know one way you've been challenged because you're a man of faith is that you've seen a connection between physical fitness and our spiritual fitness. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I do with guys um, who I mentor, uh, we're going to talk about their physical health at some point because it's all mm -hmm. tied, tied in. And it's interesting. Some guys are surprised. Why would you care about, care about my physical health as a mentor? Mm -hmm. uh, you're not a, a medical professional or a fitness trainer, none of that. But I, I found they know that I care about them holistically. And mm -hmm. so I'll have guys tell me at some point, I'll say, hey, what's going on? Hey, well, I've got this. A guy told me today I've got a shoulder issue and I can't go to the gym now. And it's messing with his mind a bit because he yeah. he's out of his routine. Uh, and so that we care about those kind of things. But uh, when we do another episode together, I want to talk about that bridge between how your your spiritual and mm -hmm. your your physical really impact each other. Yeah, is that, is, that sure. is that a fair way to say it? Yeah, I think I think that's for sure. I think there's definitely lots of overlap that needs yeah, to be and I, considered. I'd forgotten about this statement I wanted to share, basically what I said, but addressing the connection and importance between our physical and our spiritual health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ultimately, that makes it more long-term mm -hmm. as opposed to me getting a quick fix and trying to look good for a certain event or something or someone else. Yeah. Any other thoughts on this before we we close? No, I think that's a, I think it's a good place to close. I think that, and I think when we combine and realize the overlap between physical and spiritual and also emotional and mental, that I think it actually makes it easier to see change and see progress because we don't just limit what we the development or the progress we see to to the gym, but we see it carrying over to other areas of our life as well. And so I think we we find more motivation and more more purpose and when we do that. So it's good. 
Well, I would like to talk more, but I've got a large bowl of ice cream and cake I need to finish off here. <laughs> sure, sure, of course. Okay, not really. You know, I, I have had dessert recently, and I'm not going to be legalistic, but no, I want to thank you for the time, and um, I've learned from you, and uh, I, I see it like a toolbox. Okay, I've been working out and been pretty consistent with my nutrition for several years, and I can always learn something new, and mm-hmm. also... Uh, recalibrate my motive for what I do. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I want to thank you guys for listening. And uh, we'll have Michael on again to talk more about fitness and nutrition, how it impacts our spiritual, how it impacts our mental and emotional. And Michael, I'm going to say it also can impact our relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyway, sure. uh, thank you again. And uh, yeah, guys, I appreciate you listening. Thanks. We want to thank you as always for listening. If today was helpful, if something that you listened to was helpful, we would really love it if you would go to Apple or Spotify, leave us a review, download, subscribe, and for all things related to podcast, if you'd like to give a financial contribution to help us continuing bringing this sort of broadcasting to you, just go to FahrenheitMentoring.org. Hi, this is Chris Corral, producer of the Fahrenheit Real Life Mentoring Podcast. This podcast is produced through a partnership with the Confetti Corral Boutique and Michelle Corral Realtor. To find out more about these businesses who support our vision and ministry, go to confetticorral.com or find them on Facebook.